You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Black Box After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Black Box After Show. I'm Mitty Thomas. Thank you for joining us here tonight for the after show of ABC's Black Box. And this song, uh, so emotional, basically, goes on with the title, Emotion, Episode 12. We're coming off of a couple of near-death experiences tonight at the Cube. Brings out Bickman's fear of intimacy. But, of course, the show opens with some serious closeness. Joining me in studio tonight are my lovely co-hosts. So good to see you both. What's up, everyone? I'm Teresa. Hey, everyone. I'm Jade. And we're going to break it down here. Uh, we've got... But I, I want to first say, if you don't know that you can listen to us on iTunes, you certainly can. You want to listen, rate, and review the show. And, uh, Steven, I'm giving you a shout-out here at the top of the hour. I'm hey, pointing Steven. at your camera. And you're a good hey, pointer, Steven. by the way. I'm a, I back at you. I back at you. Good job producing back there. And I just want to uh, first kick it off here. We're going to get into Joey. He was the doorman, mm-hmm. and he is at Hotel Mirabella. Uh, and there's some, some relationship going on because Bickman is totally escorting Catherine out the door after their steamy rendezvous, uh, the night before, which was, which was really how the show opened here tonight. And, uh, the doorman and Bickman have a close relationship because after all, that is where he lives. So, mm-hmm. uh, the doorman falls by the curb. And Catherine runs over to him and there's sort of a rescuing going on. Um, and Joey ends up being a patient at the Cube. Yeah. And Joey, actually, I have to say, is one of my favorite patients on the show. He's just so endearing. And I see Bickman in a different light now that I've seen their relationship. He definitely brings out the vulnerable side of Bickman. And I think that I think Bickman even said that he's he's basically like family to him. Yes, because when he goes to the cube, then they're trying to find out, well, what's what's going on with him? And uh, one of the doctors, Dr. Schwartz, says, well, I would like to thread a catheter into the situation because he's got something going on in his brain. Uh, the, the, the bad headache was a mm-hmm. result of, of what's actually happening, some tremors. And so, so they got to the bottom of it. Um, and Bickman, of course, his ego's getting in the way. And he says, uh, you know, I'm not going to let you do that. I'm going to work on him. And I can't deprive him, my patient, of the best medical care available. Oh, Bickman. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. Uh, sometimes <laughs> things have a way of causing us to, to, to fall down. When we don't humble ourselves or, or walk in humility beforehand, we'll get knocked down. And that's just the way life can be. He needed that. Yeah. So he uh, ends up operating on him. There was the intense four-minute countdown. What did you think of that, Teresa? Oh, yeah. I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, one second left, and he thinks he's got the uh, aneurysm, I think it was, under control on the operating table, but it was actually one minute after, which then that created a permanent brain damage situation that went into his diaphragm, and it's he's he's going to have to breathe on a breathing tube for the rest of his life, is right. what he ends up telling his wife. And they're like, wait a second. Hey, you're not the expert I thought you were here. What's up with that? Uh, no, but they're, they're very loyal to him and they want him to do a corrective surgery, but he does, he checks himself, you know, and yep. he brings that other mm-hmm. doctor in and says, no, I, I'm going to, you know, he, he learned his lesson, but he loses uh, a lot of his confidence too. Yes. Right after that. And, you know, I think the, the other doctors at the cube noticed that too, that change. Um, he's questioning himself and he, you know, a lot of what's going on with him and Catherine has to do with it, or at least he attributes it to that. He was saying, you know, like you were on my mind when I went into that surgery and I don't want that to be the case because I'm married to my job. So, you know, he, yeah, he kind of raked her over the coals because they, uh, had, you know, the rendezvous, and then they have another exchange in the office um, that's, that's they're trying to maintain this closeness on a pr- progressive level. But then uh, after they hit some bumps in the road with their patients, they're, they're revisiting the dynamic of their relationship and saying, wait a second here. Uh, we have this professional sort of bubble where we can operate in our own s- secure sort of uh, survival mechanisms. Mm-hmm. They're kind of coping mechanisms. And they both crossed the line and created a different dynamic. So then they're kind of analyzing that and saying, hey, wait a second, in their, uh, you know, in their own way, in my opinion. Um, now, what did you think when he totally uh, confronted her and just raked her over the coals and was like... Oh, I thought that was completely unfair. Okay. I mean... You think so? Yeah. I mean... Why? That when Bigman and called Catherine out for... Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was his choice. You know, he chose to be with her. Well, he chose and, to be with her under the condition that she stays with Will. Right. But I mean, <laughs> so, it was just, they just had one night together and, you know, he's saying like, oh, because I spent this time with you, I got completely distracted. I mean, yeah. it's a two-way street. It's she, not all on her. She's totally broken Will's heart, and she's moved on now into this. Well, she attempts to move on. <laughs> she attempts to move right. on. She assumes that she's able to move on with Bickman from Will. Right. She has this pattern of using men. She uses people she loves. That, Remember my to, jumping the gun here? Well, yeah, that's okay, because toward mm-hmm. the end, we, we are going to get into her desperation, and mm-hmm. we're going to get into all what that triggered and right. sewing into that totally. But she uses her, her brother. She's just dependent on men to be her emotional crutch when something's going wrong. So she has an episode. She goes to her brother. If she's having a bad day, she'll go to Will. If she wants some other type of fulfillment, she goes to Bickman. Yeah, and I think this episode is when she comes face-to-face with the consequences of her actions. And I think she needed to have that. I don't think what Bickman did was unfair. I think, if anything, it was a reality check that she was much in need of, like a slice of humble pie. Just like how Bickman had his slice of humble pie in the operating room. When you see him standing behind the doctor that's performing the surgery on um, on the doorman, he... He's holding his hands like he doubts himself. You know, a brain surgeon or a neurosurgeon's number one 
thing are their hands because they have to have like steady hands and he's holding his hands in the background and you really see that he's really really doubting himself right before he went into the rant on her in all fairness he Mm -hmm. says you know i'm disgusted with myself and um you know um he said, I forgot that I'm married. I'm married to my work. Did you see mm-hmm. how she jumped back, though, Ooh. when he said that? Because she's, he's like, I'm married. And she's thinking, wait, you're married? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. When was this going to be discussed? You live in a hotel. Where is your wife at? Yeah. <laughs> so Black was, Box season two. I know. <laughs> and the plot thickens. No, I thought that was so funny when you saw her reaction of, I'm married, but then he goes more into detail to my job, not to anybody else, but to what I, mean, I do. And that was kind of a punch in the gut. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, he took, he took so to ownership of that, mm-hmm. but he also kind of blamed it on her as well. But again, I think like they both kind of decided to go into it and like have- it shouldn't affect his surgery. I disagree. You know? I, I think that he really saw... That I don't think he was being he was being honest. He told her he was telling her his feelings because he says, I don't want bad days. I don't want feelings. And you're giving me feelings and I can't handle that and be a great be the great doctor that I am and be with you at the same time. Because now she's giving him that night that they spent together. She gave him 100 percent where before he was getting 50, 40, 60, and that was enough for him. But when she gave him 100, that became, he started to think about her and he couldn't do a surgery. The other episodes when they had their little rendezvous. that's his own doing. I mean, if he can't focus and separate. But he always made that clear. I think everything about him was, that was always clear. That's what made her not like him. But it's his choice to feel that way. You know, he can say, like, all right, she is giving me 100%, but this is how I'm going to react to it. But don't you feel that maybe she knew what she was getting herself into as well, so she she has to take, I think, more responsibility because was, she was getting with the man that was sleeping around with the whole entire cube. What makes you any different? Was he telling the truth when he said, I've had feelings for you that I've never had for anyone? Is that the truth or is he saying I think so. I can believe that. Okay. What about, do you believe that, Mindy? I do believe it was the truth. And yet, uh-huh. because he's so used to operating in this certain system, this dynamic of living, being married to his work, then he's feeling too vulnerable. That fear of intimacy mm-hmm. and getting too close to someone. Wait a second. This is all foreign. Everything I do, I know, and I'm an expert at. Right. I feel like he's in this uncharted territory, and he didn't expect to feel that way. <laughs> so he's just kind of lashing out. And he's like, this right. is why I live in a hotel, because I right. don't like commitment. And you're in my hotel room. You're spending the night with me. He probably doesn't even have overnight guests. He probably kicks them out before the sun rises. Yeah. The- so she's gotten to Yeah, him. she she has, and he's not ready for that. And one of the nurses even observes him walking in. She's like, what's going on with him? But, and then the other one says, well, I think he's scared. I didn't know he could be. The first nurse that <laughs> noticed that, she was always flirting with him, and I think they had something going on before. And I remember Black kind of pushed her to the side once when she was trying to be there for mm-hmm. Bickman. So I think she's always a little suspicious and a little envious of the special attention she always right. gave and got from Bickman. Right, exactly. Okay, we're going to see a little bit of that yes, next week. because we saw that in the preview. Well, and then Dr. Mahmood calls out Dr. Black. Uh, she says, didn't you look at his labs? Referring to this other case study, uh, Fred Baker, who mm-hmm. comes in, um, and the urine, exa- the urine sample was actually analyzed by the assistant, Dr. Black's assistant. Or the... Not the assistant. She was the uh, 
Well, resident. She, the resident. The resident. Mackenzie. Yes. Mackenzie. So she's a know-it-all. She she gets under my skin. She's, and she's, she's annoying. <laughs> she's she's very an, annoying. annoying and a know-it-all, even when she doesn't know it all. Well, she accused this patient of being on meth, and he's coming in trying to get help, which I'm not sure, again, the insurance thing, you know. But anyway, that's it. Mm-hmm. I know, right? <laughs> we don't have to deal with that. But uh, he's he's there, and he, he looks like he doesn't have a lot of finances, so to speak. And, you know, the cube, and so I just, anyway, So fancy. A, yeah. like, what are you doing in here, Yeah, guy? yeah, you can't help but think about that a little bit. And right. so, uh, you know, later on, um, she's... Uh, Basically, trying to uh, shine a light, Dr. Mahmood, on Dr. Black's mistake in front of people. She wants to make her look bad mm-hmm. and she wants to move into her position. Remember, we talked about oh, the yes. jealousy last so Yeah, and she's got a lot on Catherine at this point. She, she's, I mean, she's building week, a case. She's she building is. quite the case last against that incident. Right. She was witness to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's, she's gonna, I think get to a point where she's going to reveal it to everyone. And look, when people live on the edge like that, and they're going to mess up somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Can you, can you I mean, like, take Oxycontin gonna... on the, <laughs> just oh, the drop that of was shot. so crazy oh, when yeah. she took the Oxycontin. Can we talk about that or am I jumping guns here? Because well, that my jump in. Well, that's okay. We can we can jump a little bit. <laughs> I, I want we to jump, get in. Jump, jump, jump. Come on, Teresa, jump. Hey, or okay. fifty-one fifty jump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just noticed like when she gets the pills and she makes it sound like it's for a patient, and she says, "Oh, I'll give it to the patient." No, I'll give it to the patient. And you're just thinking. Wow, why does she want to give the patient this medicine so badly? And then you realize, oh, it's because it's not for the patient. It's for her own personal mm-hmm. recreation. Because she was sent packing. I mean, emotionally, she's like a spindle top after mm-hmm. Dr. Bickman said what he said. She's just, she's not knowing what to do with everything that she's feeling. No. And so she wants to numb it out, mm-hmm. self-medicate. And, hey, they've got access to the finest meds up there. I must say, <laughs> that Oxycontin. No, I had some after surgery one time. And I tell you what, it was it was some good stuff. No. <laughs> Only do it if your doctor prescribes right. it. If, when it's necessary. I've had it right. before too. I, I, was on a, I was on cloud nine. I was thinking, hey, but I wouldn't do that all the time. No. Just say no to drugs, kids. And I think it was a Rush Limbaugh that he had the uh, situation uh, with the Oxycontin. And, one, and so anyway, it can be addictive. So you definitely, yeah. As we digress on Oxycontin. <laughs> the moral of the story, kids, is do not take Oxycontin unless your doctor prescribes it. Well, there she's looking go. for a. <laughs> the I'm more hoping you know. not too many children saw this uh, episode in terms of the uh, heated up um, romance scene. Oh, <laughs> you know, right. Change the channel. I know. That's why after eight o'clock, no child. No. Yeah, it was pretty steamy. <laughs> Nick at and, night uh, for you kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, Doctor Black makes it real clear to the intern. She ends up uh, reaming her out basically. <laughs> she says, "Hey, you know, you don't tell the patient." You know, and then and then and then and then she ends up uh, the the resident doctor ends up crying because she's, she's so scolded. But and, even when she cried, I was so uh, annoyed. Yeah, I was like, no. stop crying, like, man up! No. You're a doctor at the cube now. You're going. You're training to be a doctor at the cube. Toughen up a little well, bit. She bugged me all episode when she was playing around with Leo. Oh, that was cruel. Yeah, it yeah. was. Talk, Very cruel. I feel like this episode. The moral of this episode was everybody had a slice of humble pie. Yeah, that was kind of an underlying uh, storyline to all the emotions. Yeah. <laughs> and they all deserved it. It wasn't like, oh, she wasn't ready for... No, she... Everyone needed to be humbled, especially Mackenzie, because 
you were saying she was quizzing him, mm-hmm. and and he got the right answer, but she told him otherwise. Well, so and at first that- she walks in, and he is on his uh, trans cranial, uh, you know, mm-hmm. device. Device, exactly. And she's like, oh, that's just, that's not going to work. And that's why are you doing that? so and, mean. Yeah. This guy here has <laughs> dreams of being a neurosurgeon, and he has a traumatic event that allows him to lose his, like, impeccable memory, and he's struggling here to do his best you to don't pass. mess with that, especially when you're <laughs> a resident. And he gets the answer right, and she says, oh, no, you're wrong. So he's sweating beads over there, and he's just <laughs> doubting himself. You're thinking, poor guy, he's yeah. just not going to catch a break. And she waited, what, like a couple days then to tell him? She only um, came around to telling him after she had a she slice died. of humble pie because Dr. Black put her in exactly. her place. Yeah, and then Dr. Black addressed her perfectionism as well, and she, she mm-hmm. sat her down and said, hey, look, you've got to care more about the patient than you do your residency. Mm-hmm. And I think that was such a good, Ooh. that was a good advice. I mean, anybody that wants to be a doctor, you have to put the patient first, not your how you're going to come across and look to people. Exactly. That's not why you should be a doctor. Right. So she's helping guide her passion and get it right mm-hmm. and yeah. becoming a doctor. She's a great mentor. Yeah. But at she, first, she didn't really want to mentor. She didn't come out with the intention of mentoring her. It was a, I'm going to rip your head off right now because <laughs> you've been a bad, bad girl. But yeah. then eventually, when she started crying, she started to feel bad. And then she's like, let me give you some words of wisdom here. Yeah, she had to set her straight because mm-hmm. that had happened before. There was another the, incident. Right, last, last episode. episode. Yeah. And it was she like, hey, let's put <laughs> let's put a stop to this because also Dr. Mahmood had come at Dr. Black accusing, well, you didn't read the labs. Well, she hadn't had a chance to read the labs. It was the resident doctor mm-hmm. that had you mm-hmm. know read him and made a false interpretation because when you do the nasal inhaler it can come off in a urine sample like you've been, been on meth yes. yes that's good to know so yeah. <laughs> so was it Mackenzie exactly. that discharged uh fred uh, as okay. a result of that well actually fred ended up leaving because he was pretty ticked off for being accused oh, of right. that and he's like, I'm out of here. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to be arrested for, like, you know, I know trying he was to so get some medical help. and yeah. everything. And yeah. He, I love it, though, that she ends up running, Black runs into him again. Well, she goes to his house, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she but finds him on house. the she no, was, she was going to his house. Like, she was running right. his doorbell. Oh, okay, to okay. Fred she Baker. went herself. Quite impressive. She sees him walking up, and she's like, are you Fred Baker? And then his yellow eyes gave it away. That right. in fact, mm-hmm. <laughs> the copper eyes—that uh, was an interesting medical uh, study that was as well. Really interesting. It was not jaundice, which is what we yeah. would think. You it know, was and, copper metabolism. Okay, yeah, which can like spread to his liver, which would mean he would need to get like a liver transplant. So this is like a really big. It's a big deal. It's something that you don't want to send somebody away because you didn't ask the right questions. Right. Well, moving on to the other uh, case study where Skylar, uh, the child patient, is Mm. also brought in by her mother. Uh, And then we find out that, lo and behold, she has not been vaccinated. Sorry, the, the boy has not been vaccinated. Uh, for, you know, for school or all the protection of all the plagues that we've had over the many years, you know, Mm -hmm. that that people need. And uh, so this storyline was actually requested by the doctor advisors on the show. It's been Uh an ongoing problem. There's, you know, some parents that are strongly against vaccination because of, you know, the reactions that the children get from it. So this show is very, like, pro-vaccination because 
um, you know, it's, it's studies have shown like this is what needs to be done in order to prevent. Well, Jade wasn't a Jenny McCarthy. Yes, she that, was, she was a huge advocate of okay. not vaccinating your children because she thought that her son got autism because of his vaccinations. So she went on this whole media tour or campaign, campaigned against it, wrote wrote a a book. book. (laughs) Like she wrote, she wrote a book about it. And then she ended up retracting not too long ago, all the things she said, saying that she was wrong. And a lot of people were upset about that because people were joining her side and were on her team for it. And then not vaccinating their children. And, I mean, I understand it's, I I get where people are coming from with the whole implementing like Western medicine and is it really that good for our kids or not, but you're really, your kids are too susceptible to getting sick and possibly dying, being contagious and passing it on to other kids who don't have the immune system for that. It's very, you know, it can be seen as being selfish. Like in the last episode where the young child, um, or teenager had gotten bit by a bat and then right. she didn't know it and did she ever tetanus you know that was right that's the thing you have to get your kids the shots i mean it's different to me it's different if you actually have an alter we have an alternative in place if you choose not to do that type of vaccination that's known to work mm-hmm. but we don't have that right no. now so you know it's right just, and so that's based off a fear of autism instead mm-hmm. of a faith in what they've proven you right. know with the fda is and some people that's controversial and i get it too, i get but, it i yeah. understand it but right. if there's there's not an alternative you know if i choose not to take my cold medicine because i don't want to take the chemicals but i can have a bunch of vitamin c and juice and i know that mm-hmm. i'll get better just as fast and that's that's a, a good alternative you know but there's no alternative <laughs> Not giving your kids their vaccinations. Well, I mean, Dr. You Black, your child's health. She says there is no connection between, uh, you know, the um, autism and the vaccinations. She made she made it very clear. You know, she set yeah. the record straight. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, unfortunately, this mother in trying to do the right thing now has her son in a very deadly situation. And you can only imagine what that would put any mother through you know yeah, i mean so painful. like I the mean, guilt she's that she's going to have to live with the for the rest that... of her life because she thought she was doing the best and she didn't well make it the was, best decision it was called rare encephalitis caused by measles because he had gotten that but then they were like oh he'll be fine uh so, yeah, just after she had dealt with uh, these patient cases herself, uh, mm-hmm. Fred Baker and the, you know, the kidney or mm-hmm. sorry, the liver rather surgery that he was mm-hmm. needing and just just all these roller coasters kind of in one particular day. Then with the child patient, she has to diagnose, OK, he's not going to make it. Mm. I mean, that's like the that's heavy. And that's not that's a terminal. thing that Dr. Black ever is OK with, because last mm-hmm. episode that we saw when the girl had rabies. And she wasn't supposed to make it. She fought through it. So when she says there's nothing I can do or a mother's cry can't even make her figure out what to do differently. You know that that every option's been explored. Exactly. So this was an interesting episode because overall you've got uh, Dr. Black and Bickman and their relationship is evolving on Mm -hmm. this close level progressively. But then they take these dips and these hits at work and it just really jumbled up everything. I mean, it kind of, it showed you that as a doctor, you can't save everyone. 
Yes, and, and we have we not seen that on this show because mm-hmm. they've been heroes so far. They've been they've every been patient's come out right a lot better, but this episode we finally reality get check. A reality, and check. I think it, as an as a viewer, you have to be reminded that they you can't save anyone, even in television, even in something that's scripted. Right. You know, something's has to go, something will go wrong, as unfortunate as it is. They can't, cause, because it'd almost be a little unrealistic. I love watching them being able to save every patient by all means, because I love happy endings. But, you know, at one point you're thinking, so nobody ever, they, <laughs> they can cure anyone that comes to this place called the cube. <laughs> like it's, you know, it makes it realistic and it makes the show far more believable. So I'm happy that they wrote that in. Yeah, they're grabbing into uh, definitely. And I like the pro-vaccination point of view, too. Yeah, that was, I like those. Um, now, Catherine, she is going off the deep end because she's got the Oxycot. After all this happening in one day, she's she's got the Oxycot and she pops a couple pills and uh, she's on her way. Or she thinks so. She gets home and she has this voice in her head trying, it's telling her to hurt herself. Mm-hmm. And so she reaches out to her brother, says, I need you, Josh. And he's like debating what should he do, if she should go there, if how would he feel if she really did do herself in. And because he experienced that with his mother, that is always right there. Oh, and definitely. Because it's <clears throat> like if he can save his sister... Right. So he goes mm-hmm. over there. Uh, they have an exchange. And, you know, it's not pretty because Josh realizes that, that she's, you know, she confesses. She's done, doing the oxy. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, look, you're, you know, it calls her out basically that she's self-destructing. And he's like, you know, I'm done with this. And and he doesn't like being drugged into her roller coaster. If it's a legitimate medical you know, deal, then that's one thing. But if it's if you're exactly, if yeah. you're inflicting upon yourself, then because even his wife said, do you have to go? Which I thought was insensitive, but I can see where if she it's was, happened before. Right. Then it's become a pattern. Reagan seems then. quite bitter toward. Yeah. I think Reagan would be Catherine. perfectly fine if Catherine <laughs> didn't make it through one night. I don't she's think Reagan is competing with Catherine, you know, for sharing time for mm-hmm. with Esme and with Josh. I don't think she really understands the sickness in some way. I don't think she really gets it. I think she's kind of self-righteous. There's no empathy. Uh, like, I see that. Yeah. I see that. I agree. Like, get it together. You know, can't you be like me? Is yeah. it, I mean, is there some kind of air there in that way? Well, that's a really good point that you bring that up. I, I can see that. Well, because she's steady and she's stable and she, everybody should be that way. And but not everybody can. Exactly. But there's a little hint of jealousy, too, because of the relationship with Esme. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the fact that Catherine's this successful doctor... And, you know, and she's holding the bag, basically, taking right. her to school every day, you know, cleaning up the messes, doing the discipline. And she gets to be the cool aunt. Right. And kind of just live her life carefree and however she wants and call her husband in the middle of the night. And but what did that. she think motherhood yeah. was going to be? Because she wasn't able to have a child. So she wanted, she wanted Esme. She signed up for it. Yeah, that's what she signed up for. You signed up to be a mother, not a friend. There's a big difference between mm-hmm. the two. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you want to be your your child's mother. You, you know, you don't want to be their friend because they don't res- they won't respect you. Right. She's I, a teenager. So I, that's, it's natural that she's going to go through I that. I think she's jealous of that God-given bond there, so to speak. It's, it's mm. like a deeper, you know, thing that she can't, she just can't have because, but yet, really, she's got something even greater because when you adopt a child, you choose them. Right. Sure. 
I agree. So that's really I totally agree. a much more amazing thing. Mm-hmm. But she hasn't come into that because she's still kind of down here on it. Well, she needed a slice of humble pie on this episode, too. So I'm waiting <laughs> for her to get to get her slice. So what did you guys think about the exchange between Catherine and Josh and just ha- kind of how that came to a head in terms of the games that Catherine is kind of, you know, playing with herself? Like, hey, I can I can take, you know, other medication if I want to or, you know, get off my meds and I think it's a way to show like what happens to Catherine and also how it affects family. Her and her brother Josh are super close. And I think I was reading Amy Holden Jones's tweets and she was saying that it's similar to her situation with her brother. They're really close mm-hmm. and they had a bipolar father. Uh-huh. So that was sort of what she was privy to. Um, so yeah, it's, it's tough for Josh to see her that way. Um, and I mean, I think they'll work through it. They have a really close bond, but mm. he's trying to figure out, you know, how much can I let her get away with it? Because he also has to drop his boundaries. Right. Because Josh doesn't have that genetic disposition. However, I think we're going to find out that Esme may have some of that genetic disposition. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things that for their relationship, it, it really showed how intense their relationship is. And it's how much of a father figure he is to his sister mm. more than, you know, a brother mm. and sister relationship. And right. I think he's thinking, I'm already raising your child for you. I, I can't raise you as well. You know, even when she had talks with him about doubts with Will, mm-hmm. she he talked to her not as a brother to me, but more as like her father figure because they felt abandoned. You saw that episode when her father left and she perceived it as him not being able to handle the death of their mother. And so he storms out and he leaves, abandons the family yes. where what he saw was dad is leaving to go work to, to provide and send money back for us. So that's why he would show up with toys and all of that. Like his father, their father made that sacrifice for them. And I think that she always just viewed her brother. Then she gave him that responsibility of being the father figure. And he wants to be her brother. And I think that's where he was fed up. He, because he's like, I'm leaving, but then he doesn't. He just goes to sleep on the couch. And just the way he talks to her, it's like she's a child. He doesn't want those parental responsibilities. Who would want that? His, her sibling. Yeah. Yeah. They have some unique bonding, like trauma bonding, really, from, from everything. And so maybe it's not the healthiest. They don't know really where one begins and the right. other ends in a way. And I uh, think she was more traumatized than him. And I think he just always babied her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just always been babied by him. And finally now, as we see at the end, that's not, that's going to come to an end. Is he enabling some of her behavior? Has he been an enabler? I think she he has. I mean, agreeing to... I mean, I think it's a great thing that he, and a responsible, loving thing that he did to take on the responsibility of raising Esme for her. But if you think about it, it's kind of enabling her to still do what it's she... It's an easy out for her. Exactly. She have to deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, do you have any news tonight? Can we get into news? That would be really great. After Buzz TV News. 
the two-hour finale of Black Box is going to be next week, so we're super excited right. for that. Our last show. Are we happy? Together. Are we, exci- are we sad? Are we excited? Like, what are we feeling well, about that? Well, I'm excited that? to see what happens, what's going to unfold. Um, but I'm sad that it's our our last show. But we've come a long way. We have come a long way. It's been so much fun. And let's not get too email because we still got yeah. a two-hour episode next week to discuss. And there hasn't been any news about renewal for the show, um, mm-hmm. but the campaigning for it on uh, social media is still going on strong. So, so hashtag renew black box. Renew black box. Get that out there. You know, networks are paying attention to that stuff. So every little bit helps. And I have a little piece. Um, tonight's episode of Black Box is written by Haley Shore and Michael Madden and directed by Josh Marston, in case you were wondering. All right, excellent. Well, thank you for that news update. And I guess we're going to just roll straight into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. <laughs> All right. Well, the desperation of Catherine tonight became off the charts. It was a shutout toward the end of the show. Nobody really wanted to put up with her anymore. No, no that was sad when she was calling all the men in her life and no one picked up. But notice how she never called Bickman. She didn't call Bickman. She knew better than she, that. She was like, Bickman, he's definitely not answering my phone call. But when she called Will, Will was on a date. Will moved on. Will moved oh, yeah, on fast. I can tell you right now, if Will was in real life and he was single, my radar would have been like, <laughs> I'm sensing a newly single great man David that can cook. Zola. Hello. Yeah, it is. Hi, David. It's, it's the age-old <laughs> question. David. You know, how do you save someone from themselves? They have to save themselves. Okay, so they have to participate have to, in the process. They have to love themselves. Yeah, if somebody's drowning, if you're drowning, and I throw you like a lifesaver, I'm like, here you go, Mindy, float now. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, you're going to drown. And I wanted some other looking float right, or like, some other... You wanted me to get in the water? No. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm throwing you a life... I'm throwing, throwing you a life jacket. Put this on. And mm-hmm. you decide not to put it on because I didn't get in the water with you because, and so you drown? That's your fault. And there's something progressive, too, that's yeah. got to be happening, I think, when when people are dealing with all these kind of issues and dragging, just sucking others into their abyss. I think they're all drained, and Bickman was just like, I'm not having any of this. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> I think Bickman sensed... got to him. Well, that, but I really think he may have sensed, you're, not, you're no good. You are going to just... You're going to suck the life out of me, and I'm going to say no thank you. Oh. I think Bigman was like... You don't think it was just the, uh, I want to take a break because... Oh, no. I think he realized realized the the effect of Catherine Black. He was like, no thanks, Kathy. I'm going to pass. And that's what I think he... I just called her Kathy. She didn't really do anything to him that episode. (laughs) I feel so personal with her. I'll just call her Kathy. Hey, Kathy. I told Kath. I told C, you know... Okay, so um, the psychiatrist, I believe we're going to see more of her in the next episode. Uh, and that's one of my predictions because at this point, uh, because of the desperation, um, you know, tonight she did confess to take, taking the oxy to Dr. Hartramp. And she was explaining some of her psychological dynamic between having the magical palace to go to in the cube and then also... Um, the psychiatrist says, oh, so Bickman's your Achilles heel. And that doesn't sound like a love relationship. That sounds like straight up dependency. 
Okay. That's so, her weakness. Yes. The, oh, her weakness. Yes. Yeah. Very good. And uh, so, so Dr. Hartramp says, do you still hope for a more balanced life? Versus survival. And then Catherine's like, hey, I'm I'm still just trying to survive here. Mm-hmm. So and she like, said her survival is at risk. Yeah. And that's so, when her psychiatrist writes a prescription. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I think it's time to rebalance those meds indeed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So Prescription the, prescribed. We're going to see a, a couple of dancing episodes, I think, uh, happen in the week. Well, next week. Next because week. Because we've got the two-hour two hour special coming. I know, two-hour yeah. special. Yeah. What are they going to do? There's so many loose ends to talk about. <laughs> I know. That's a lot. That's a lot of ground to cover. So we will be getting into that next week for sure. Now, Teresa, do you have a prediction for next week for the grand finale of the well, season? <laughs> I'm an optimist when it comes to Bickman and Catherine, as you guys know. As I roll from Jade. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, like their big divide in this episode was, you know, when Bickman said emotions get in the way. And Catherine was on the flip side of that. And she says emotions make life worth living. Hmm. So I think... Bickman and her are going to have this bonding situation. I mean, we've seen them tackle cases together, and they complement each other so well, and that's what brings them together. So I think we may see that um, next week's episode, and, um, you know, maybe that's going to trigger something in Bickman and uh, get him to realize that emotions do make life worth living. All right. Well, Jade, any last thoughts? I think the complete opposite. I think that they're going to completely just go even more downhill and she's going to be even more of a wreck and a mess. Okay. I think you're going to really see everything backfire more. I think what we saw was the beginning. Okay. Well, you can mm-hmm. find me on Twitter at Mindy Charlotte Teresa. You can find me on Twitter at Teresa Law. And you can find me on Twitter at Real Jade's World. Thanks again for being with us tonight. We're so happy you joined us for the after show of Black Box. And come next week because there's a two-hour special. We're going to talk to you about it and connect. Tweet us. See you soon. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.